the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Men with a Purpose. Men with a Purpose exists to encourage, equip, and empower Christian leaders by convening and featuring like-minded marketplace influencers in a non-threatening, generationally diverse atmosphere of fellowship. And now, here is today's host. Greetings, Southern Colorado, and welcome to the Men with a Purpose program for this weekend in February, already into the second month of 2024. I hope you're having a great weekend despite the cold, wet weather, but it's winter, so hey, there you go. I'm your host, Dwight Johnson, Jr., and today's show is coming to you before the February Men with a Purpose luncheon, which is on the 9th, this coming Thursday. And our speaker will be Chuck Day with the International Justice Mission. And I will go over the rest of the lineup for the first part of the year a little later. I wanted to remind our listening audience that we started the Men with a Purpose program to share with our listeners in the Christian communities of Southern Colorado an opportunity to hear uh, the witnessing and testimonials about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from Men with a Purpose. It's become a real nice add-on to the luncheons held at the Boot Barn Hall up north off the I-25 at Northgate on Bass Pro Drive on the second Tuesdays of the month, except for May, which is the first Thursday and ties in nicely with the National Day of Prayer. And from what we heard last week from Pastor Jeff Anderson, this year is going to be one really festive and prayerful day. Uh, a morning celebration, then the luncheon, and then a nighttime event as well. And that's coming up May 2nd, the National Day of Prayer. So let's get on with today's program. My guest today is currently the president and CEO of the Springs Rescue Mission and retired Major General in the Air Force, Jack Briggs. Jack, welcome to the Men with a Purpose program. Dwight, thanks for the opportunity to be here with your listeners. Now, Jack handed me a book right before uh, we came in here. So we're going to get into that soon. Great. But I know that you've been in the stations before and in this studio uh, in particular. So it's good to have you back in. Well, thank you. Um, so let's let's get on this because I want to get to your book. Of course. The first question is when and and where, if you if you can say where, did you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Well, Dwight, thanks again. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. And uh, I, I also appreciate for the men with a purpose. I had the opportunity to speak. Uh, I think it was a couple years ago now. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and I enjoyed that very much. It's uh, it's really just a fabulous opportunity to get back with uh, folks that um, uh, have a, a purpose to, to, to what this is all about. And, uh, and so the opportunity to speak today is great. Um, my faith journey. Well, I grew up in a a, a Christian family, uh, a faith forward family, and uh, and it was uh, it was natural uh, for me uh, to uh, to see the effect uh, that it had on my family uh, being believers. And so, when I was twelve, uh, mentored by actually uh, a usher at the church that we were going to, uh, uh, an older gentleman. Um, I volunteered as an usher. I was just a young kid, but I wanted to do something. And so I was volunteering and uh, we got to know each other. And he was actually the person that, uh, that really led me 
to my confession of faith. And it was, uh, I can still remember it. It was, it was, I was sitting actually outside after a church and, uh, we were talking and it just, it felt right. And it was, it was right. Now, did you get, you said you were volunteering as an usher, like most ushers do. Were you doing the, like a teen service or a younger service? No, or we go right into the regular service? I was in the regular service. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I know that uh, there are uh, youth services. And so you have mm-hmm. younger folks doing the readings. You have younger folks uh, ushering. And then, of course, you have your, your teen pastor or mm-hmm. your, your youth pastor mm-hmm. who does the uh, service, the homily, the, the sermon. Yeah, no, for a year. I, I think I probably started a couple of years before that, and I, I did it through high school. Oh, cool. Well, that's that, that's good. So yeah. um, so you, you got to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior before mm. your family. So when you started your family, I would imagine that was when you were in the Air Force? It or? was. Okay. Uh, I had just graduated from the Air Force Academy. I'd been uh, dating my, uh, my wife of now almost, you know, more than 36 years. Right on. Um, We actually grew up in the same hometown, uh, but I wasn't cool enough to go out with her (laughs) in high school. She was much more fun than I was. I was an athlete and I wanted to go to the Air Force Academy and she she was just a lot uh, more popular than I was. Okay. Uh, But when I graduated from the Academy, I I apparently became more popular and a a better catch. And so uh, we started dating my last couple of years at the Air Force Academy and then we got married about a year after I graduated. But one of the uh, focal points in our marriage was we wanted uh, Christ to be the center of that. And so we started off our, our marriage with that in, in place. Um, and I'll tell you, just like any, any family, you know, young family, uh, we had our ups and downs, uh, really establishing ourselves. But uh, I, where I would say we made that full-throated uh, commitment, right, as a family, was uh, I was stationed in Budapest, Hungary getting my master's degree in international economics. And we were attending a missionary church. <clears throat> what was unique about it is it was actually a, a church that had missionary leaders from a variety of different uh, organizations. They had been in Austria, in Vienna, when the wall fell. This was back in 1995. When the wall fell, they all moved to Budapest, Hungary, because it was much cheaper to live there and to work in Eastern Europe. Um, and so we had folks that were from um, pretty much all of the, uh, the different missions that were involved in Eastern Europe. Uh, and they all lived in Budapest, the leadership of it. And they would uh, um, take turns at this church doing uh, this, uh, you know, whatever the message was going to be. And what was powerful about that was here we were, the non-missionaries in a group of, of professionals who could, who could connect the message in minutes. And it just, it really became something that both my wife and I, we just couldn't ignore. This is how you, this is how you witness, you know, these are the, these are the apologetics, right? The, these are the talents that you bring to the table as people who are committed to Christ. And, and it really, it, it just inspired us from there. And with that in mind, as you, you continue to grow w- with you two, and then of course your kids. Now, how mm-hmm. many kids do you have? We have three. Okay. Uh, 30, 26, and uh, uh, 22. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so you incorporated that with them right. as they were growing uh, you up. Know, they were, and we were in the military. We were traveling all over the place. All three of them were born overseas, one in uh, England, one in Hungary. Uh, one in Italy, and we moved 
uh, 19 times. Um, <laughs> wow. And so, uh, you know, their, their, their journey has been, has been hard in some cases and been good in others, right? Uh, it, it shows resiliency, but they've had to, you know, they had to restart a lot of times. And so they didn't have some of that, uh, that anchoring that maybe some other families might've had. And so it was with us, right? Our family was the anchor. And even today we're all very close. Uh, they're in different stages of their, of, of their journey. And, and we encourage them whenever we can. Sure. Well, and then of course you, uh, would incorporate that into your job, mm. into the air force. Yes. How did that go over? Uh, well, to be, to be quite honest, uh, you know, the, the military does have a, have kind of a, an ethos of, of service, right? And so that helps. Um, but you had to be careful. Uh, you know, honestly, you do have to be careful about uh, the, the idea of, of overt proselytizing in a non-appropriate uh, environment or, or uh, situation, right? You know, there are certain times that you could express your faith and quite clearly I would do that. Um, but there were subtler ways, uh, right? When I was a general officer and commanding, you know, a lot of different subordinate commanders, I would tell them, you know, one of the, um, you know, one of the best ways to be a leader is, uh, you know, don't do things out of selfish ambition, you know, but in other ways, consider others, you know, better than yourself as the leader. That's Philippians two, three, right? But, but you, you don't have to just, you can incorporate a lot of those things into your, into your dialogue and into your, and then just, being an example, right? You know, m- making ethical choices that and when people ask you, why do you do that? Well, I have a, I have a, I have somebody else that I have to answer to besides just the, the military. So as you rose through the ranks, it was easier for you. And then as a leader in the military to tell your subordinates or uh, how it, it could be. Well, um, you know, as the leader, you know, you're responsible for the the health and welfare of all your, um, those that you lead, you know, that's the, you know, that's probably the primary thing. And I would tell anyone, in, in fact, weekly, most, gen, uh, most commanders, uh, either weekly or monthly, they'll have like a, uh, a newcomer's briefing, right? Um, and part of what I would incorporate into mine is I would say, look, uh, everybody has issues. Every single person in here does something they wish they didn't do or doesn't do something they wish they did. And if you're not careful, that's going to eat you from the inside out. So if you have something like that and you want to get help with it, let me help you, right? We'll take you to the appropriate medical people. We'll take you to the chaplain. We'll take you to a mental health person. We will, we will find the right avenue for you. And one of those things is your spiritual development. You know, people are better anchored when they have spiritual development in their lives. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you that you have to have mine. But I will tell you that it's very effective for me to stay balanced. And, you know, and it gives me an anchor in life outside of just myself. You know, imagine uh, you're in a boat, okay? And this rowboat um, has those ropes, right, that you, you have. If it's all about you, you're going to tie those ropes off to yourself in the boat. And you'll feel kind of secure. But when the waves and the winds and the storms come, you're untethered, right? You're going to float around. You're not going to know where anything's going. How about taking those ropes and tying them off to the dock? Something external to you that's rock solid that will never change. Now, for me, that's my faith. That's my commitment. That's my, 
uh, belief. That's my, uh, th- that's how I anchor myself because it's not about me. I can't do it myself. And when I anchor myself to something solid on the shore, my boat is safe. Right. Uh, so we would talk about things like that. Okay. Well, no, that, and that's, that's great. Now, how many years were you in the military? Uh, I graduated from the Air Force Academy in 1986 and spent 31 years, and I retired 31. here okay. in Caro Springs in 2017. All right. Well, fantastic. Thank you for your service. Oh, it was, it was a privilege, General, it was a privilege awesome. to get to do it. Awesome. Now, we're going to fast forward to where you are right now, the president and CEO of the Springs Rescue Mission. Sure. And how, that, how did that come about for you? Sure. So, uh, like I mentioned, I retired here in Caro Springs for my last assignment. And uh, I had been on the board of directors at the rescue mission. Okay. Larry Yonker, my predecessor, and I had met. And uh, he said, you know, I'd really like for you to be on the board. We'd like to have a military sort of person, you know, that's distinctly military. And I was a general at the time. And I said, sure. You know, I have, a, uh, uh, I have experienced this in my family. Um, I had a sibling who was uh, uh, on and off the streets who was addicted. Um, and uh, she passed away in 1988. And... And so I've, I've felt this tug uh, to this population my whole life. Uh, and so uh, when Larry asked me to do that, that was great. Um, but then I retired in 17. And uh, at that point, we had moved 19 times. And I said to my wife, what would you like to do? You get to vote. Where's the next place? And our daughter, who uh, uh, at the time was going to school at King's College in New York City, um, she, my daughter said, or my wife said, you know what, I'd, I think I'd like to move to New York and see what that's like. Um, and so I found a job at New York university and it was a great job. I enjoyed it very much. It was public safety. It was kind of in my alley. And, uh, uh, and so we spent three and a half years there, but Larry Yonker, my predecessor wanted to retire. And so the board called me, um, in the beginning of 2020 and, uh, said, hey, Jack, do you happen to know anybody that might be interested <laughs> in, you know, and I'm like, not me, I'm here. Right. But um, through some very prayerful conversation uh, and my family and my daughter in particular, she's like, dad, you really need to think about this because you always talk about going back to Colorado Springs and volunteering at the mission. And my wife said, don't you think God's listening? I'm like, dang it. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so uh, we ended up coming back here in uh, uh, the middle of 2020. Okay. And how's the ride been for you? It's been awesome. Okay. You know, I, uh, I can give you so many stories, but uh, it's such a faith affirming uh, opportunity. One of those being, um, it's, it's a little anecdotal thing, but lots of times when people ask me, what do I do? Uh, I'll say, I, I work down at the rescue mission. And like, what? Aren't you like a retired general? I'm like, uh-huh. But I work down at the rescue mission. And it, when it sinks in, they'll do this kind of, lean in, maybe touch my shoulder and whisper, thank you for what you do. And I say, why are we whispering? (laughs) I love what I do. Right. Every day when I go to work, I get to watch God do stuff. It is phenomenal. In action. Phenomenal. And now let's get this book out here because I was just given a, a time limit now that we have. Um, meeting homelessness with hope, our community's response. And you're here, Larry Yonkers here, Mike Hamill. Mike Hamill, who's the author, and Joel C. Burzma. All right, thanks for pronouncing yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, jo- Joel's got a kind of a twisty name there. Yeah. So. Okay, so, I mean, you're, you're giving love back in this book. Absolutely. So tell me about it. So uh, 
Larry and I continue to get, um, would continue to get questions about like, why are you guys different? How, why is it Colorado Springs is different when it comes to homelessness? And uh, from 2016 to today, our numbers have gone down, right? Wow. uh, We have uh, just a 10th of what other cities have. Uh, When you think about uh, big cities that are kind of our size, they're going to have three to 7,000 people on the street. We, in the, the 2022 point in time count or 2023 point in time count, we had under 400. And our total numbers of people that are experiencing homelessness, um, and these are uh, housing and urban development numbers. These are HUD numbers. These are government numbers. These aren't our numbers. They, you know, and uh, do I think they're totally accurate? I think they probably undershoot the number, uh, but, but scale is what we're really talking about here. If you have thousands, like four to 7,000 people on the street in those cities, and we have 400-ish around here, what's different? And the biggest thing I say is, Colorado Springs as a community has chosen to put our pitchforks down and all work together. And that's unique. It, it, I go across the country. I get, uh, we just had folks from California come visit us and they're like, how do you guys do this? Oh, they should learn something. And, and they're, and they're from the Bay area in San Francisco. Okay. And they're like, we've got to do something different. I'm like, exactly right. Well, the book, Larry and I sat down and we've made a first attempt at writing. And, you know, it sounded like two guys who don't know what they're writing you know, writing. So we hired a, a professional writer to be a co-author with us, Mike Hamill. And then we had Joel Sabersma, who's our chief uh, transformation or our uh, senior director for transformation. Cause he's got all the data and the stories sure. and he's great with, uh, he's got, he's our lead addiction guy um, in at the, uh, the mission. So um, we thought we would put it down on paper, right? We would, we would write it down. Like, this is how you do this. This is how you build things off of, Three principles, transaction, incentives, and partnership. Uh, We worked on relief, restoration, and reintegration. And these are not concepts that are ubiquitous in the United States. Most of the time, it's like, we just want to get rid of this problem, so let's throw money at it. Billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. And Colorado Springs does not spend near the amount of money that even downtown Denver spends on their homeless population, which has grown 30% in the last year. And we don't spend that money. The city doesn't. Taxpayers don't. Because we have, we have a partnership program that is in at the, that's kind of anchored at the rescue mission, but involves the whole community through incentives and transaction. Because when we can build transaction into a a person's life that hasn't really had agency to make decisions about themselves. When we reestablish that it's, it's how they rediscover worth. So we don't give people worth. They already have it. And what kind of worth is that? Well, the creator of the universe chose to die for just you, even before you were born. That's how much worth you have. That's a high bar for us at the rescue mission to try to live up to, and we don't do it every day, but we're sure looking at our clients that way. Now they have to buy into this though. Yeah. You have to have buy-in. They have, they have to have agency. Right. Right. So we do transactions. We, we, we say, if you do that, we'll do this. And if we do that, you need to do this. And when that happens, uh, that you get to the next level of something. All right? part of the education or the re-education. Exactly. To re, to reignite in this, I, the idea that they can dream. 
that they can say, you know, I'd like to get my kids back or I would like to, I would like to have my own place, right? These are dreams. So then we guide them through activities, through our programming and in partnership with other organizations in town. We have 50 plus organizations that are partners with us. That's awesome. And we do that because we know that if we have partners, we don't have to do it ourselves. They can specialize medical, veterans, uh, behavioral health, mental health. They, they can specialize on those things and we can do the thing that we do best. Now, if they want to be a partner, how do they get a hold of you? They uh, basically just go on the website and they can call uh, the number and we can start to have that conversation. But most partners in town uh, realize that the clients that they're trying to help are at the mission. They're already there. So, and what's great about that for the community is if the clients come to the mission and the partners come to the mission, the clients don't have to go all over town to find help. Right. You have it centered. It's right there. You have it centered. Now you have a playbook. And we have a playbook. You that's a what playbook. the book is about. And it should go to uh, anybody that's a, a decision maker in a town should read this. Anybody that's an elected official or running for office should read this. Anybody that's a citizen should read it because you can get a different narrative on how to address this problem than what is just put out in the media and, uh, you know, by well-meaning, well-intentioned folks who are not making a difference. This is how you make a difference in a community. And how do you get it? Uh, you can get it on Amazon or uh, Audible. And uh, what's well, coming out this month in Audible or next, uh, yeah, well, in February, it's coming out. Uh, and um, and all the proceeds go back to the rescue mission. This is about uh, getting the message out. Sure. And it's about... 240 pages. Yeah, it's an easy read. And the audible version is really good. I like to listen to it because it's just, it tells a story. We have a narrative of, uh, of a composite uh, uh, client going through the process. And we intersperse those chapters with chapters about what is homelessness and, and how is it being addressed today and what's addiction and what are the best ways to, to reframe the, the conversation so that it's not just about victimhood, but about how they can become engaged in their own progress. And they can come down to the mission and as they're writing a check in support, they can find one of these books there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And also you can, um, uh, you can go on the website and, uh, and find out all kinds of information. It's springs rescue mission, all one word springs with an S springs rescue org, And that's a great entry point, but we have all kinds of stuff there that people can look at. You can take a virtual tour of the, of the, the mission right there on your computer and you're located five west las vegas five so just west off las of tejon uh okay. yeah, downtown okay and then i would imagine in your travels like you did with me today you have a book for me i do and um certainly where you go you probably have in your car you have a case of books I or do. something of that nature so opportunity to get uh get something from jack and and get the playbook on uh, how Colorado Springs is doing it correctly. Jack, I appreciate you coming in today. You've shared a lot. I definitely want to do a part two of this because sure. it is early. This book is coming out. We do a part two maybe in July or sure. August. Find out how the book's going. Find out how things are going with the Springs Rescue Mission. I told everybody we were going to do the lineup. So quickly for the lineup for the Men with a Purpose Luncheons, I told you about Chuck Day in February. March is Jeff Myers, Summit Ministries. April, Jeff Hunt, the Centennial Institute, also Colorado Christian University. He'll be here in April. May, the National Day of Prayer, Pastor Jimmy Dodd of Pastors Serve will be here for the Day of Prayer. 
for Men with a Purpose at the Boot Barn Hall. And they're still working on June. And, of course, July and August is the summer hiatus. And I know uh, they've drawn out of who they want for the second half of 2024. So, Jack, thank you for being here. Thanks, Mike. I do want to let everybody know about the Torchbearers for 2024. Craig Dillion, 550 Fast and New Era Realty. Jeff Gott, Integrity Wealth Advisors. Randy Rush, Integrity Bank and Trust. Uh, Truth and Liberty Coalition, Richard Harris. Uh, Hazen and Sonia Thomas, individuals, proud individuals. So thank you very much. Again, Jack, appreciate you being here on the program and during the first weekend of February and sharing with us as a man with a purpose. I'm Dwight Johnson, Jr., your host. Have yourself a great rest of this weekend. And this has been Men with a Purpose. Thanks for listening to Men with a Purpose. Men with a Purpose Colorado Springs meets at a monthly luncheon with a featured speaker and messages that empower, equip, and encourage by the power of their testimony. Join us next time on Men With a Purpose. For more information, go to mwap.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.